Where's my goddamn lasagna, John? It's time for part two. Now, let's move past all the self-important bullshit. <laughs> now, let's get to a fucking horror flick, you guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're going to go 1987's Near Dark, directed by uh, Catherine Bigelow. Um we will. So, I, I mean, I guess I could take a real quick second to talk about Catherine Bigelow. Uh, she known for probably the Hurt Locker uh, mm-hmm. and Point Break are probably her two most you know celebrated or followed films. She did Zero Dark Thirty, which was pretty pretty you know obviously very well received as well. Uh, Detroit, Strange Days. She's she's did quite a few movies. She's also was. I think fairly briefly married to James Cameron, who, uh, as you'll see, um, there is a lot of carryover in this film, um, to the alien cast as well. Um, which is not surprising. Um, but, uh, let's, let's get into that some bitching cast. Cause so just, just a quick note about this though. Yeah. Uh, I, I was actually surprised when uh gail ann heard her mm. name didn't come up in the yeah. credits because yeah. she she was the one who like did the production for you know uh terminator and the aliens and so that like she's the other spouse of james cameron which mm. <laughs> you know and she was actually married to james cameron during the production of this film gotcha. so that's why i, I was kind of mm. surprised i was like oh you know it's weird that you know there wasn't that crossover but yeah. Maybe they weren't quite cool at that point. I don't know. Perhaps <laughs> he was not. fucking someone else's AKA. He was fucking someone else. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Should, they were they're they're uh uh well yeah, I forget exactly what years the 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 relationships happened, but in any case, um you'll you'll recognize this a lot of the same This is not an episode of Murray. This is <laughs> not, an episode of Halloween is Forever. Not yet. It's not. Jerry Springer um, style. Let's go, motherfuckers. <laughs> Were to uh, uh, what was that celebrity celebrity death match? Oh my god! Oh, yeah. James I thought that was wives. supposed to come back. I really want that I to think come it back did for a sack, and then everybody was like, "Nah, we don't want it." This is dumb. Uh, I still want it. <laughs> I mean, I liked it when I was ten. Um, but anyway, uh, so so take take uh, vampires and make them, you know, uh, teenagers in a you know rural western small town. You know, that 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 would be the the quick synopsis here. Um, you're going to get uh, probably the least well-known person in the cast is are, are the stars of it, which is Adrian Pass. I think it's Pestar uh, who plays Caleb, Jenny Wright, who plays May. And then you get into the real stars of the show here for me, at least, which is uh, one Mr. Lance Hendrickson playing Jesse Hooker, uh, Bill Paxton as Severin, who's who's by far the most iconic imagery of the flick um obviously the 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 um the poster most of the posters around this movie focus on bill paxton's character as well uh you get jeanette goldstein also from aliens as a uh, uh, diamondback and then you get perhaps the most off-putting character um <laughs> joshua john miller as uh, as homer i was literally right now i'm like where have i i knew i saw him from somewhere else and he was equally as awkward and weird and gross mm. and i still like where else have i seen him you know i mean so you know that he's a real child in real life in this movie right 
Yeah, like he's not <laughs> okay, a little good. person. Because <laughs> no, no, he kind of no. comes off as like a little person well, he plays a little it bit. Good. That's the thing is he plays it really well. And he and he's supposed to be obviously much older, but he was one of these, you know, uh, not terrifically uh, unlike Kirsten Dunst character in Interview with a Vampire where she was turned as a child. So she's forever a child. Like this is kind of what you're experiencing with him. And, you know, assumedly he's he's much, much, much older, um, but he has the mentality and, of course, the appearance uh, of a child. Maybe maybe it was the Wonder Years, like some of those episodes. He was like, definitely, I mean, like, he popped up in the 80s and 90s, I feel like, yeah. quite often. Because he just, like, he has this face where you're like, I, it just never felt like it changed. Like, even as, like, no matter in this movie and wherever I saw him when I was a kid, I was like, mm. yeah, no, he's the same same face, same awkward, same gross human. Like he probably was covered in dirt <laughs> the same way. You know what I mean? Like Meg I hated him. I hate kids it. I with hate lisps. It. That's what it comes down to. Um, he he does have a big old lisp. That's 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 true. Um, but any case, so so this is all about like a coven of vampires who are again surviving in you know it's like Oklahoma, Texas, can't this kind of like. Texarkana type uh, te- fucking vibe. Yeah, type of environment there. Um, Lots and- of cowboys. Yes. It, it, I am firmly believe that this movie was the inspiration for all of Rob Zombie's movies, <laughs> um, especially the <laughs> bar scene. <laughs> yeah, especially the bar scene, which we'll talk about, which is the most iconic scene here. But like I said, well, even cup- the shootout scene is also that's straight up like Devil's Rejects and House of the Thousand yeah. Corpses. For sure. True. That's that's not that's not inaccurate. Yeah. Um, so this kind of ragtag group of vampires who have become this kind of family who have been, you know, thrust together by circumstance type of thing. Um, this movie, I'll say right off the bat, which I appreciate about it, is it moves quickly. And it doesn't have too much like plot getting in the way of the story, if you will. Like there's definitely I, some... I love that phrasing because I'm just like, what was the plot? What was the story? <laughs> yeah. So there's a it's a great story. It's it's a western. It's a western vampire horror movie and it hits all the tropes of a western vampire horror movie but, but all the tropes of a western vampire horror no movie. i'm sorry of a western a vampire a western and a vampire horror movie I okay guess that's what I specify. That Just, old, all those old standby tropes of a, all those western. tropes between this film john carpenter's <laughs> vampires western oklahoma vampire horror movie no i mean oh of you a, don't of know those western, oh you don't understand yeah. those okay no it is a western but it is also has all the tropes of of a, of a vampire uh, it horror did, movie. It, it doesn't feel as strong as a western, though, because there just of isn't western. No, and I mean, I feel like you take you take elements of it because you kind of have a lot of this like I like you have like a, a very strong what his name Caleb is that I'm remembering remembering Caleb. yeah like he is very much so I want to save the day consistently. Um, also I'm going to make a sidebar comment about his character right now and just say also that he, when he first meets may is it fucking grossly hilarious where he's just like, Oh, you're really pretty. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, so this is the thing is like the idea is these vampires, which vampires, you know, traditionally speaking are typically very like almost worldly and they're very um uh, uh you know have this kind of well um you know traveled learned 
element yeah, to but them. But these are scumbags. But these are scumbag vampires. Yeah. But I, I just is just back to my point is like it, it not being a strong western is like there you don't feel the law and you don't feel the family as strong. Like it like they come they just seem to come on suddenly. Whereas it, it, I don't know it Maybe Rob Zombie pursued. did the thing. Maybe Rob Zombie did the like the justice for this type of like clan type environment where you you felt like they're not going to give up on each other in a way, even though they'll probably still tell each other to fuck off. But they're still all about the clan and like the like the group yeah, mentality. I, I really felt where, like the, the the family was actually quite the family unit was quite strong. I will admit, I will admit that like there are they definitely turn the tides on the way they feel about Caleb pretty quickly, but he does do like an exceedingly heroic thing, I guess in their Mm -hmm. eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It runs out. Well, he didn't know that he was going to potentially explode. Right. Yeah. You learn later that if they go out in the sun long enough, it's not just like, ow, it hurts. They explode. It's full on explosion. I I would like to understand the, um, technical, like, uh, effects. Don't, don't ruin about, the no, movie. No, no. Don't ruin the movie, Meg. <laughs> no, this I want to understand the technical effects movie. of like that that smoke. It's just like, do we just put a bunch of smoke bombs in their fucking clothes and they're just like smoking? I, yeah. I kind of, I kind of, I'm not saying I hated that. I'm just saying I was like very, yeah. like, like you saw it over and over again. It wasn't like yeah. it was just like one person. It was like out in well, the sun and, and also, just smoking. And also, blood isn't bright neon red either. <laughs> like it is in your movie. So, are you literally coming after together. George Romero and Tom Zavini? Are you coming after Tom Zavini? I'm, right I'm coming after really? the fact that it's. A, don't talk to me about realism. Is what I'm saying. Um, we're talking about at least a 10-year difference right now. So I'm hoping it fucking looks better. in the grand scheme of uh, That's a long time, cinema, motherfucker. In the grand scheme of cinema, we've known what the color of blood is for centuries. <laughs> no, but what I'm talking about is classic versus modern. All I'm saying is I, I, I take no exception with the practical effects in this movie. I think there are a couple of times where the mm, the mythos is inconsistent. Like, for example, there are times where like there, you know, a, a stream of light comes through a window and their clothes burst into flames. And you're like, well, wasn't that part of their body covered? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I, I get it. But that's what I mean when I say, like, they don't bog themselves down with this sort of thing. This is a goddamn I like, it's like the laziest fucking movie. comment I could have ever fucking heard. No, because you know what? This is not the same type of movie as your your movie is almost an art house movie in a lot of ways. It's like a low budget art house movie. And 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 and. Steve AKA just classic. flat out said no because there's plenty of movies that are. I mean, look at watch watch Dawn of the Dead. That's not a uh, that's a classic. It came but it's out not afterwards. A, it came out after. Came out after what? My movie. One year later. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this came out. Yours came out seventy seven. Dawn of the Dead. He was working on them simultaneously. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> 
I think I, I think Megan's trying to use her COVID brain to confuse our COVID brain because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of lost in where what we're arguing at the moment. Because I, I, you're saying know, is that I don't like, know what you're coming at me about, so I don't even know what I'm about. You came at me. <laughs> you came at Brian, and you motherfucker. <laughs> you're questioning the effects in his film, <laughs> and know, he, he made concessions. I liked it. I kind of enjoyed it. Like I kind of felt like it was interesting. I've even started. <laughs> he made the concession that like yeah they don't always make sense because like why that truck blow up so that you don't, make no sense. By... don't make no damn sense <laughs> no damn this is a fun my point is that we're, we're, we're we have to see it through the correct lens which is your movie is a very like a, a passion project art house type of movie steve said like his is almost like a proto a24 type of flick in a lot of ways which i don't disagree with this is more of a I don't want to say schlocky because it actually is kind of grimy, which I love about it. Mm-hmm. But so, so this movie, I, I should provide some context around this as well. So this movie oftentimes gets compared to the Lost Boys yeah. um, because they came out like three months apart from one another. And the Lost Boys made $30 million or something. And this was like a relative box office flop. Mm-hmm. But it came out after the Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. The Lost Boys is a very fun, um, more lighthearted uh, almost like if you took this movie near dark and combine it with the Goonies, you get Lost Boys. Sure. Yeah. And I, and I love Lost Boys. It's great. This movie is more gritty, more mean spirited, um, and much more horrifying, certainly than Lost Boys. Um, but in any case, you know, so, so it's this coming of age tale. It's this whole idea of Caleb who he's trying to like separate himself as his own person, his own like adult that can make decisions for himself. He of course makes some what we, you know, self-destructive decisions. Um, and may who is desperate to connect with somebody. Um, she is already a vampire. Obviously I won't go through, you know, go through it plot by plot, but I mean, I'm pretty sure like when the Dixie chicks set, like, wrote the song like cowboy take me away this movie was like what it was referring to yeah they're just called the chicks now by the way so yeah. like don't dead name them right now because that's what you're doing you're gonna um, get canceled again you're about to get canceled i'm fucking hard meg you're dead naming the dixie chicks right now um but, you just did it yeah so so but but this whole idea i like that it goes really really fast caleb is like at this point in his life where it's like there's not really anything for me he I'm going to go and he he very much embraces his life uh, on the road early on, even though, you know, it's really around May and he doesn't really trust, you know, Jesse and Severin and the rest of the crew. Um, But he ingratiates himself to them pretty quickly and he starts to feel this, you know, this sense of of belonging. And I think even in the very short amount of time that you have with this movie before shit really hits the fan, which is like moments before he spots May for the first time, who is obviously out kind of prowling for 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 bait. So each one of the the vampires, they all have their own kind of way of attracting prey. Um, when they go out every night to feed and maze is she uses her her feminine wilds if you will she's very pretty she's like you know she's very like flirtatious in a way and that sort of stuff so he she's out prowling for for prey um and you even get this kind of suggestion at that point that caleb is kind of i don't say an 
outsider, but he definitely doesn't feel like he fits in with his like beer drinking jock dickhead buddies who just want to like get drunk and fuck like he's kind of trying to have a little bit of a he's trying to he wants a little bit more out of life than his friends i i think is the 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 suggestion um and then that's why he takes to in the first couple of days the vampire lifestyle a lot more than you would expect somebody to yeah this this movie is such a nancy reagan era anti-drug film this is mm. this is anti-drug propaganda and you know it, it really no, is. i disagree yeah. because they, they paint cops in a very negative way they paint cops in a negative way but it is such a thing about like drugs are so pervasive in the culture at this point yes and the, the war on drugs is so per, such, 100%. such, you're, you're such right. a thing up there and it, it, it it's even like pretty blatant on the nose in that bus station scene where he's like sweating and having his, you know, he's got flop sweats and they're treating him like a, a, some sort of degenerate, you know, heroin addict basically. Yeah. Mm. Um, But the answer to this film though, is I think it's subversive in the sense that they're basically saying the people who are treating him like this, including the cops, including the bus station attendant, they're, they don't understand what he's gone through. So I, I, I take mm. it as, you know, it's very easy. And trust me, you hear it all the time. And, and I'm sure we've all been guilty of it at times when you see somebody who is in the in the throes of addiction. It's very easy for you to point fingers at them and say, well, you've made your bed now lie in it. Mm. But they mm-hmm. but Caleb remains sympathetic through that. So he Caleb like, remains sympathetic to who though. Like, I mean, well, and also the bus station attendant and the cop who approaches him at the bus station are very much played as assholes. Yeah. They're oh, assholes sure. who are misjudging him because they don't know his plight. Right. But he's but also a vampire end, at that point. Yeah, the end of the film though, is that the, the, the drug addiction is solved by the strong family unit. That's what, mm-hmm. you know, that's what all, all anti-drug propaganda was I in the back. I took it as, mm. yeah, I, you're not 100% wrong, but I'm saying I took it as, it's not that it's solved by the family unit, it's solved by something, ca- somebody caring about the addict. I also, like, like that you brought up that whole, like, because I, I don't think I fully understood it, but I made a comment, I know I have a note about it, is, like, I was kind of turned off, like, one of the things that turned me off about this film was that, oh, being a vampire could be solved as like a problem. And I kind it, of hated yeah. that. I, 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 it's polarizing. I will hundred percent agree that it is polarizing that, that you can unbecome a vampire. Yeah. But I do think name another movie where that's the case. Right. But also, I don't know if I like you can you can say make that comment, but I don't know if I would like that comment, because the if we're talking is about traditional like, vampires and this yeah, is no. the most non-traditional <laughs> in the sense that you can literally cure vampirism in this. Sure. Movie. Sure. I'm just I'm just saying I didn't love that aspect of it is all I'm saying is I, I get what you're saying. I, I And I agree that it is a very non-traditional um, I, idea, because obviously my movie is very non-traditional in that mm. in that sense. But like. I, I, I don't, I, that alone is just like, I, I didn't love it, but I think you guys bringing up this whole, like, but I, maybe, maybe, okay, actually I'm gonna take a step back. So I know I'm like babbling right now, but what I'm, what I love about all of these vampire films is that they're bringing in different aspects of like social commentary 
to a certain extent, if we're talking about like looking at vampirism as like, oh, it's just like a drug type of problem that can be solved by like going home and getting treated and stuff like that. Um, like I understand it and I don't love it, but I, I understand it. So I'm going to stop there. Well, and I think the thing is, too, it's like, yes, I, I agree that it is it's it's a very heavy handed, you know, drug almost PSA in a way, but it, but it, but it plays into all the different things. Like I said, from the beginning of like when I was evaluating, like what creates vampire films is like, we're looking at, there's always a comparison to drug addiction is a yeah. huge fucking thing. But and I like, like that this sexual one's addiction. empathetic. Like this one takes an empathetic stance. Sure. And I can't think of another one. Another one that is so direct in using the, the, the drug addiction analogy or the addiction analogy in, in general, it could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be anything. Um, but they're using the addiction analogy, which is a hundred percent, like a, a really longstanding trope is like addiction and, uh, 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 suppressed, sexual identity totally like those are like yeah, the two I mean, there, biggest literally, things there's in a vampire movie history the addiction which i brought up on probably in our last episode because like mm. it was literally the analogy of one yeah. to the other you know what i mean but so i like I get that it. this one takes this one takes a more empathetic approach and that's what i think why this movie holds up better than a lot of other ones i think it's like it's kind of like this um um, we're trying to make this like almost like family friendly in a way though, because I feel mm. like we want, and, and like even taking the idea of like cowboys type thing, um, like you want the cowboy to win, you know, you want to, you yeah, want to root for him. It's very Americana, you know, pure, yeah. purist type of thing. Yeah. And I, and I think I see that in the, them using that as like the focal point of like Caleb being a very, you know, we have a family that is like owns a vet and they like are on a farm and blah, blah, blah. So like, yeah. And I, and my, I'm not taking that against it because there were definitely plenty of things that were very fun about this movie. So I think it's I will transgressive. Not hold you up here. No, I think it's transgressive in the sense that the dad is not a pure good guy. The dad is kind of dismissive. He is um he 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 loves his son unconditionally, but he doesn't know what to do. And he's very like close-minded kind of thing, mm -hmm. so he kind of lets this like not lets, but the son makes his own decisions, and he ultimately, yes, he does save him. But I think I think there's a transgressive element where like it's almost like the you know the the you know like almost the oh boy I don't want to use this this analogy because we were literally just talking about Lost Boys and now <laughs> but like. Peter Pan and the Lost Boys, where right. like, they have to fend for themselves a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I think there's there's a, a, a somewhat transgressive approach to it. And I like the fact that they don't shy away from romanticizing the lifestyle that is so damaging. Yeah, I and it, it kind of plays both ways when they're showing off like, Jesse and uh, Diamondback, like they're, uh, and Bill Paxton's character, like they're all very 
you don't want to like them and you don't necessarily at no point do they really ingratiate themselves to no, the audience. But they're charming. And yeah, they're, they're charismatic. Charming. Yeah. yeah. So but so like the real life that people are drawn by is like May. And May just happens to have like a fucked up family. Yeah. So so yeah, it's appealing to like want to run off with the girl that you be that you meet but then like you know her family's all fucked up and crazy and like the 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 other other analogy that you could draw is uh like the manson family Mm. like you you know you fall into and like that was again that was another big fear back in the 80s that you fall into like a cult yeah yeah. So, and that's oh, kind the of, satanic panic kind of mm-hmm. element to it too. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Uh, what I really, and maybe I was, maybe, maybe I was, uh, not that heroin is a new thing, but like not to get too, too dark or too real with this, but like, you know, we live in a, 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 a certainly I don't want to speak for anybody, but I live and have grown up in an area where I have multiple friends who have died from heroin overdoses. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, yep. and it's a real fucking thing. Uh, yeah, and I have friends who have dabbled in it and and came out good on the other side, and I have friends who've died from it. But I will say, and maybe this is why this hits hard with me, of the friends and and in some instances relatives of mine who have uh, who have you know tangled with heroin or opiate addictions. The number of them that I can point to that say this started because of a significant other that already had an issue, mm-hmm. it, mm. boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, who had an issue and then they got pulled into that world, mm-hmm. it's staggering. Right. And that's what yeah. I think I love about this. Like, I honestly, I think what I've loved about like diving into this subgenre is I think like there's so much, there's so much more social commentary to be discussed around like what people are trying to say, whether, and this movie I think has a fun way and in its own way to like talk about that. Yeah. And I think even even, like what you're bringing up is on point. Yeah. And, and the nice thing about, so, so this movie, it's, it's a good balance. It's, it's, it's kind of unflinching in that way. Um, does it have corny elements to it? Yeah, but it's it's played it's very 80s. straight. You know, and I think at the same time, except like except for like- Bill Paxton and and Lance Henderson, which were frankly my favorite parts in the movie. Right? Um, they say some pretty, you know, they have some pretty fucking corny lines, especially yeah. people think about uh, uh, Bill Paxton as having a lot of the corniest lines, which he does. The sillier lines, you know, finger licking good and all that shit. I was. But- uh, sorry, but Lance I, Hendrickson has some, some has the, all the corniest lines. Yeah, when he's like talking about like how old are you? He's like, well, let me put it this way: fall I fought for the, the south. south. <laughs> you know, we lost right. or whatever. You know, shit like right. that. But I'm like, that's the shit I eat up. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, why? Let's, I want to know. <laughs> I'll, I'll move. Why? I yeah, just like love it. fucking corny '80s horror. I just love it. But anyway, you just like uh, corny shit, man. What's that? You just like corny shit, man. I do. I certainly do. Well, so here's, I'm unapologetic about that. I will say the other thing um, that I think is definitely worth uh, calling out is this movie has one of the, in my opinion, one of the best scenes in, in, in my opinion, it's one of my favorite scenes in horror history. I'm not saying it's one of the best. I'm not saying it's one of the most influ. Well, it might be one of the more influential ones, but is the barroom scene. Mm. In uh, you know, when they go, it's certainly if somebody says near dark, 
eight out of ten people are going to go barroom scene or they're going right. to talk well, about you, something you just in that see scene. Bill Paxton. I feel like now that I've seen this, like yeah. I see, I just see Bill Paxton's face covered in blood and yeah. how, in, cause he's so insane throughout it. And, and honestly, he probably is one of my favorite things about this movie. Oh yeah. Bill um, Paxton it, fucking rules. Yeah, th- like this whole scene is probably one of the most fun. Yeah. Yeah. My, my favorite part about this scene is, and it's something you think about, like if this movie was remade today, but in the background, they have the jukebox and you have that song Fever playing. Yeah. Oh, and, and, such a great choice. And it makes it, the scene. Yeah, it makes the scene. And what makes it great is the fact that the sound is down. It's just yeah. it's just in the background. It's so it ambient. Gives, yeah. It's just ambient. It, yeah. it gives you these hints of like, one, it's very late at night. So music is quieter. And then also just like it's in the background. So it's not the focus. And you. And then it just it punctuates mm. specific parts, especially like yeah. when when Homer shoots him. Yeah. Like it just punctuates with fever. And, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. If they remade this today, it, you would hear nothing but that fucking song. I know. Well, yeah, it would be so heavy handed. And I'm like the whole time I was thinking about this, I took the note down of it as well is like this. The fact that it's so mellow and quiet Mm-hmm. is what makes it so eerie. Right. Mm-hmm. That all these sure. people in the room all hear everything. They see everything. They hear everything. They know the score. So if this was, this is like the antithesis of like the scene in Blade where they're all in the club and you know what I mean? Like and yeah. the music's pounding. But that like, scene knows the rules. <laughs> yeah, no, that scene has all rules, but it's just like, it's so not subtle. And this is the antithesis in that it's like, don't talk shit about Blade. So <laughs> subtle. I love Blade. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But Blade is a fucking graphic novel brought to life. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. a grimy, you know, type of. Anyway, uh, but just some of the lines, man. It's like little trouble with your hog leg there, and then he <laughs> cuts him with his spurs. Like you don't expect it. You think he's gonna do something over the top. And then he slices the bartender's neck with his spur. Like, yeah. oh, I, so oh my god, cool. death by spur. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, color me a fucking cowgirl. Yeah, I love that. I love that Mm. scene. But yeah, man. And then when May dances with the kid, who who (laughs) at that point basically knows he's going to die, which he doesn't die, he survives. But it's because Caleb lets him go twice, basically. Mm -hmm. And then you get the shootout scene, which, despite the fact that logically it's so flawed, it's such a cool scene. You get a goddamn van slamming through a car or slamming through a, a a little. Bungalow, bungalow or whatever the hell it is <laughs> and then slamming through the other side and a fucking getaway and bill paxton's all hyped up it's just like what a, it's so fun what a hilarious way to rent a room just like i'm here for one of your bungalows because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, he's, he's like looking at the clock and he's all figured out and i love that line where he's like I'm, I'm gonna butcher it but he's something like he's like haven't i seen you before like a long time ago he goes yeah i make it through this place about once every 50 years make another reservation for me or whatever. yeah oh i love it <laughs> i almost felt like it could have I, I mean i mean granted i don't want to like make up neat scenarios and for movies even though i do that oftentimes and you guys know that um but i feel like it would have been cool if this was like Meg the bar writes the- her own fan fiction for every movie we're talking about in her mind. <laughs> it's always fan fiction here um yeah. i just would what i think it would have been interesting if it was like the bar that they like always like came to 
you know, at the same time. And then like the bartender was in on the whole fucking thing. And he just always like brought people, new people in and just like got them killed. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I'm if, the br- bar, if the bartender was in on it. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. that would be. You, I think you know what that's idea- called, Meg? That's called from dusk till dawn. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've never seen, seen it. it. That's literally the movie. But it, this is the, the the cool thing about this one though is like, okay, so this is set in the, you know, in the in the eighties when it's like in the middle of bumfuck Oklahoma. Like jurisdictions probably didn't talk to each other, so there would be mm-hmm. like some some explosion at a bar that killed people. And then there was also a Winnebago that got torched up the road, and it the, those things are hundred miles away from each other and the jurist the, the cops never talk to each other right. they just go ah it's another you know bullshit thing in right. the middle of fucking nowhere until so it's they like, see they like, see some sort of theme they're not going to fucking do anything about it yeah so um you know you hear these like true crime stories of like how long it took you know rural you know police forces to talk to each other and identify a serial killer and it was like years you know what I mean? yeah. so especially um, these traveling killers that like you know if like they're yeah. a truck driver they can just drive yeah, across Henry country Lee lucas yeah. or whatever and and Ode- uh, they're a little Pool bit more whatever. they're a little bit more dumb than this this movie they're more yeah, dumb <laughs> those, those were literally two of the most low iq fucking morons in the world and they killed probably 50 fucking people you know what i mean great um, art though you know i mean they were artists <laughs> at the heart of it yeah, you right. know um, meg separates the artist from the art <laughs> <laughs> oh man more than anybody i've ever met in my whole life man i am painting myself so poorly on this episode Meg's getting me dude, so hard um, meg might as well just sign off with i'm gonna go watch some bill cosby now bye <laughs> i'm gonna go paint bill cosby and sell it um here is the uh I, I uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm, we're not going to go through the whole the whole thing. But, you know, there's there's, um, you know, he uh, uh, the, the scene at the end, you get a cool action showdown scene at the end. Uh, the scene with with how, you know, Caleb dispatches of Severin when he, you know, rips through the hood of the truck and pulls out the fucking brake lines and then he pulls back to the you know what he learned from the truck driver they killed earlier about how to jackknife the fuel truck and explodes is awesome and then um and then you know the showdown with jesse and he gets a knife thrown in his throat and stuff it's just it's just sick it's just fucking cool 80s fucking wild ass horror shit you know um but it's all like acted well i mean even the corn even some of the lines like i said that lance hendrickson delivers that are kind of corny they're like he's bought the fuck in and that's why i love him that's like one of the that's one of the reasons why i love him as an actor is like he sends it no matter fucking what Mm -hmm. um ultimately caleb gets kind of uh you know he gets cured basically his his dad who's a who's a vet gives him a uh, a blood transfusion that cures him of vampirism which again makes no goddamn sense but it is absolutely a left turn i remember the first time i watched this movie because many people might might know the same plight this movie was fucking hard to find for a while like really hard to find <laughs> you're telling you, me you couldn't find like it, it was streaming on on shutter recently and yeah. i have i have it on vhs um but if you go and try to buy a copy of this right now 
you're going to spend 50, 60 bucks to find a copy, a physical is that, copy is that of this movie. Is that one of your like, um, plot point? Is that one of your points for like why this movie is so good? <laughs> no, no. It's just that this movie was, was really hard. to. It, it really was truly hard to find for a while. And I think still that's was. actually, and it still is. Yeah. Oddly yeah. enough, it was streaming on shutter for quite a while. And then it coincidentally went off right around the time that I picked it, I think. But I do think that, that is one of the reasons why it has like lasted the test of time and is now finding like an entirely new audience now mm-hmm. is because it was for a lot of people this like movie they couldn't get their hands on. Mm-hmm. Can we somehow get like royalties for bringing it back to the surface as well oh, on no. our podcast? It's fully there because <laughs> I even, I, you know, even what like on the Instagram, you know, when I've like posted about it before, if you say anything about near dark, you it, it's immediately like four times the likes of anything else yeah. because it's just like people, people fucking love this movie and they love Bill Paxton specifically in this movie. But, um, there's just so many good lines. I, 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 you know, I'm a sucker for, for a shitty, you know, fucking corny line, but like, first you're going to give me back my spur. Then I'm going to knock your tonsils through your asshole. <laughs> just <laughs> shit like that. I love those lines. The, um, there's one thing, yeah. there's one thing about Bill Paxton's performance and it, it I don't know if it's something they asked him to change or something, but like in the very first kind of scene that he's meeting with Caleb and he's like standing on his neck, he's doing this weird affectation of like almost a monster voice in, in the van. Yeah. In the Mm. van or in the Mm. Winnebago. Yeah. Yeah. In the Winnebago. Yeah. Yeah. When he's talking about, he's going to rip his face off. Yeah. And it just, he's, it just sounds really dumb and bad, but then the rest of the film, then the rest of the film, he sounds, he he has kind of the more charismatic normal. There's just something about that first scene where he's just like making dumb monsters. Like he is. So Bill Paxton is a, is a vampire who you never really get into how old he is, Mm -hmm. but you, you assume he's, he's a vampire. He's gotta be quite old. And, and Lance Hendrickson's definitely the oldest one who he was from, you know, civil war era which yeah. means he's not that old you know right. I mean? in the grand scheme of vampires these are all babies basically yeah yeah um but bill paxton specifically is a is a goddamn moron i think yeah. the whole idea is he's a, he's a white trash moron who ended up being extremely powerful as a uh, as a uh, i think it's just because of his almost. behavior yeah. it's almost like his behavior then being becoming a vampire was like yeah. even like intensified all of that because it's kind of like not to bring it back to like zombies but like that aggression or that id type fucking um mentality i think sometimes with vampires i think we kind of see that like it come to the forefront where it's like anything you want to exist exists yeah but um i also want to add something the only thing like only scene that i was just like this is completely pointless and i was kind of mad about it and i had to rewind it to rewatch and get mad over it um like two times was like (laughs) (laughs) like right after caleb got taken and then um we came back to we clearly see his dad trying to figure out where the fuck he is and like they have the cop out on the uh the road and they're like look at those tracks blah 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 and like you know he was talking about how at this rate they're probably going x amount of miles per hour and they're probably in clear next state and then it just cuts and i'm like it felt so pointless it like it it, it could have that was the idea no but it could have been done better to make it effective that his dad would have actually been looking for him i think that's what i'm getting at yeah there's versus like 
go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, so, okay, the reason why the Terminator works is because there's always this constant feeling of pursuit and anxiety from that. Sure. And I feel like this film lacks that sense of pursuit because I already mentioned it before about how, like, it doesn't feel like the law is super involved. And, no, they're like, not. Right. So, like, because we get these real early scenes of the father, like, wanting to look, and then, like, I think he has another scene where he's looking, and then he just happens to turn up at the same kind of hotel spot. It, well, it, he knew the geographic location he was in. But, and then it was a coincidence that they were at the same hotel. Right. And it's just coincidence. So yes. it, it, it it feels like, I don't know, I just feel like this film would have like a better driving energy if there was a more pursuit nature to it rather than, you know, because it would be like a reverse pursuit. Like I'm saying, the Terminator is like the anxiety of, you know, the 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 machine trying to kill you. Whereas like if there was a reverse anxiety almost of the father just missing his son. Yeah. I mean, I think that was obviously a, the, you know, it was very much the B storyline. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because the whole idea is it's Caleb deciding what he wants his life to be. Right. And so like may really romanticizes the vampire lifestyle where she's like, she's clearly unsure but she is doing her best because of maybe what she learned from like Jesse and Diamondback and, and Severin, the rest of them. She is romanticizing the lifestyle in that she going like, well, what are we going to do? What, you know, whatever we want, you know, listen to the night, let it speak to you, all this stuff. Mm. So she is romanticizing the lifestyle and she's trying to sell Caleb on it, not because she necessarily believes that the hundred percent, but because she wants to sit, she's set hard selling him on it. Mm-hmm. Well, she she Speak. wants she wants somebody of her she own. She wants to keep her pussy yeah. white, guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. she wants. Like, a, yeah, she wants a companion. So I think the idea is, if the father, I think it would have sucked. I I would not want the father to be a bigger force. Mm. He ends up being. Frankly, he's he's not a, a, a character that I was really that drawn to, and I think. The fact that he half like haphazardly stumbles upon them makes it the no, ins- and then inciting But here's incident. the thing: is like I think it's just a weak point to the movie. I think that's literally what it is. I think that like the idea that like Caleb's be- like I you're right in that I think ultimately this movie is a lot about his personal internal strife to like does he want to give into this vampire lifestyle or does he want to go back home? But I feel like his biggest draw to go back home is that he cares so much about his family. That clearly was the tick for him. That was literally it. He was his almost sister about, specifically. Yeah. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like he was almost about to give in, like with, especially you saw that after the bar scene where oh, he, he was, was going, done. I mean, he was he even was, said was ready. like, I belong he here now. These are, right. I'm with them mm-hmm. now. He even right. says to his so, dad, but then, so that's why I'm saying it's like, it feels like such a weak point to the movie that like his dad or some, the chase to get him back isn't a stronger point to this film that like, you're just like, Oh, okay. So he just kind of was like, Oh, I I saw my sister and I saw her being threatened. So now that makes more sense to me. I'm going back to to my human humanistic 
aspect of it. You know he what I mean? To the, you know, I think he I comes like to the real. I you guys get what I'm saying with it. It's, it's just a weak point to it. Yeah. I think but it's, it's, like, it's that's his it. point. Like, so you guys were talking about how this is like, okay, this is a drug PSA and all this type of, type of thing. If, if his dad would have came and tough loved his ass out of being a vampire, then... It would have been worse. See, I'm see, the, I'm not I'm not saying that I want scenes of the dead trying to tough love them out of it. I'm just saying I want mm. scenes of like uh the, the dad showing up just barely missing his son. So sure. so like so it you still have you still well, have they you, did when he calls him. Like and when Caleb finally decides I need to call home and let him know what's going on, he's 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 not home. He's out. Right. That was him. Caleb going back and Kate that was showing Caleb's internal strife is well, like where he's like, looking for him. No, he was. And that's what I'm saying. It's just a weak point to the movie is like all I'm adding to it is that like overall, there's a lot of fun elements to this movie. But like overall to the storyline and getting us back to the plot point of like Caleb coming to the realization that like his family matters more than this new family. I think it's just a weak point that it didn't make the relationship. They did not do a good job. They did not do a good job actually developing his relationship with his father and why it's so important to him. Well, because it's not that important to him. And he didn't do that. He didn't make the decision to go back to his parents. He didn't go to the vampires and say, guys... I miss my family. I think I'm going to go home. No, it came down to to that point when they were in the hotel room and he was like, I want to protect my family over being here is something like flipped in his brain. Well, he he realized that they don't care about him. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you're, you're literally feeding all the points that I'm saying is that like all of these things is all about family, but like the, it was a weak point that, ultimately we don't have a well-established um relationship with caleb to his family to make this all seem stronger and that, that well, it's that's just a weak why point. he didn't care that, and that's what i'm saying it's, it's just a weak point it, yeah. but but at the same time it, it, it's a it has to be a stronger point because he got because may decided to do the same thing so like it wasn't well like, you don't he know anything about may go- no, we do know she fucking did the same thing that he did. She got yeah, the but, transfusion. Like that's what, that's oh, what oh, I'm saying. Oh, 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 yeah, I see what, what you mean. But, yeah. but she was connected to him. So I, I think right. what I'm saying is, I, 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 I disagree that it's a weak point. I think it's actually a benefit. Like I can't think of a way that it would have worked out that would have been stronger because he, she, he makes the decision. He doesn't have that much of a connection with his family. He kind of neither, neither way though. That's, that's no, what he, I'm saying. He kind of like, doesn't care about his dad, and that's what made him be a seeker in the first place. The reason that he's interested in the vampire lifestyle is he because didn't, he though. kind he didn't of have a doesn't choice care. There. That was the thing. Is like what you're saying is doesn't make sense because he didn't have a choice in becoming a vampire because May didn't give him a choice. May does, turned him. He, May turned him into a vampire. May turned him into yeah. He's psyched about getting his dick wet. Like, <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. He, he risks his life for all the other vampires. <laughs> right. After he became a vampire. And then he all of a sudden, yes, that choice was made for him. But I, my, my point is like he was psyched about the whole idea of getting away from his family and seeing what the world has in store for him. Not until he was literally taken from the farm and like he was literally stolen and put onto this and then he he but had I'm to saying be convinced earlier in the movie when they're when he's talking to his friends even before he meets may like moments before he meets may sure they set up that he is like restless in his life sure mm. no no totally i think that's a fair point 
So I think the idea is like he goes out, he meets these people. Yes, he's forced into the situation, but then he takes to it like a fucking fish to water. And all Mm -hmm. of a sudden now he is the he is on board. I'm a fucking vampire. Exactly. And then when his parents or when his family comes, he still says, Dad, I'm with them now. Until they threaten them, and, and then, then he, and then gives he goes, up. "Oh shut, that's why, shit!" That, that's they don't exactly, actually care about him. That's why I'm saying yeah. it's a all a weak point. It's just a weak how's point because, because it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't establish the strength to return to his original family. That's like, what I'm why, saying. Like, that's why exactly would what he, I'm saying. Like why would he, them threatening his original family make him? want to go back with his original family rather because than they're gonna they're gonna kill a child but he's a vampire right right but he, it's he, in theory sister. he doesn't really care because he, here's the thing instinctually he doesn't, he doesn't he's care. not getting from his family he's not getting from his family what he wants his real family right right his dad he's not getting what he wants so he thinks that he's getting a, a real sense of family from these vampires he exactly. saves them then he is sitting and it's a tr- it's a turning point in the movie. His br- he says it like three times whenever Homer is trying to take his his sister, he goes, no, that's my sister, man. You can't do right. that. And Homer so goes, he makes- fuck you. I don't care. And then he goes, no, you don't get it. This is a thing that families do for each other. If I say to you, Homer, no, you can't do this because this is doesn't jive with me. If you were really my family, my new family, you, you wouldn't would understand. Do that. No, no, that. I totally. Yeah, I, I and think the, and he says no, fuck you. And he goes, points. oh, wait a second, these people aren't the family I thought they were. Exactly. So, like, that's what I'm like. I think you're hitting all the points. Is saying is that like at the end of the day, everything you're saying makes sense. Is all I'm saying. All I'm saying is that with this movie, is that they do not set up or establish a really good reasoning why like he basically for talking about even coming of age type films in general like that that was his moment when he realized that they don't establish that before then and i'm that's why i'm saying so if i'm just finalizing me defending it's a weak point to the film i have nothing else to say besides they don't establish in this film that he has a strong connection to his family. He doesn't realize he has a strong connection to his family until his family is threatened. That is the only thing that I'm saying. I still, I'm still missing why it's weak. I still not hearing why (laughs) it's weak. Well, why? So why does he not want his sister to become a vampire? Right. Like, because he, because his sister's an innocent child, but like he, he also was an innocent child in a way. No, he's not. He's like an 18 year old grown ass man. But he had no choice in that. And so he, she could become what he is and still live in their family. They could all be a big you know vampire I mean? they, family. They could all be a big vampire family. And that's I what I'm saying. He, like, I think he's that, like, I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with the, the cards that I'm dealt. And now I'm creating a family. That doesn't mean you want your eight year old sister to be a vampire. But he's not being harmed in this situation, though. Like he is but she's not, about to be. But how she's not going to he's not trying to kill her. He's trying to make her what he is. But so we don't have this like up. understanding. I mean, imagine what it's like to be 18 years old. You think you're a grown up. You think you got it all figured out. This is a coming of age tale. He's obviously doesn't want that same thing for his eight year old sister. That's like but a like, very what, easy. But there's no leap in judgment there. He knows that she isn't going to be hurt. All she has to do is just 
be a vampire and just like drink blood. Like, you know what I mean? So but he had such a huge problem with that. He did. And so he's all, and that's he doesn't what I'm want saying. That for his sister. But why <laughs> do we care? Why I, I, do we care? Why do you care Ryan, if your why sister do we gets turned into a vampire? Care? All I'm saying is why in this movie, in this context, in this story, why the fuck do we care? About what? About his sister getting turned into a vampire? Exactly. Yes. She's eight years old. You don't want eight year olds to get turned into a vampire. <laughs> but the movie does not establish why we should care. Common sense. Ryan. Common Ryan. sense. No, 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 you no. Are, this I is am, a terrible I'm point. Argue, I am arguing with you I am. I'm arguing with you, with you to the death on this because what you're I'm saying, saying th- is this like, is not a weak no, point in the movie. There's plenty of weak a, points in the movie. I love There's how There's plenty of weak points in the movie. This is not a weak point. Nobody has explained to me at all why this is a weak point. And to me, it's a very straightforward it's I'm such dying a on this hill because there's absolutely <laughs> no good explanation that has been provided to me by why this is a bad point in the movie. This is the Steve, emotional climax of the movie. should I keep arguing with him? No, we should move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have not done You've You've both done a bad job. There's no emotional climax. Right. Like, there's no reason why this isn't a valid emotional climax. <laughs> Right, you have two options. All he right. can stay a vampire or go back to his family. The vampires exactly. just the vampires just told him, fuck you, I don't care about you. His dad clearly cares about him because he came How? looking for him. He came looking for him. But we have no other established besides him looking for him he that he actually gave a fuck for him. He came look for him. But, they, but May <laughs> turned but May turned him a into life. a vampire. He came May wanted him to be a vampire. Why is that not a stronger argument? He, too? he loves May. He's still into May. He proves exactly. So why does he not just want to stay a vampire? Because the other vampires are bad news. <laughs> this is so easy. Why am I? This is so easy. Okay, Brian, I'm, we're not going to go in circles anymore because I think you and I are standing on two different hills. Yeah, but here's my hill and here's your hill. Okay, yeah. This okay. doesn't make any no one can sense see that, But Brian thinks that his hill is higher than mine. It is. You've made no <laughs> sense. I, I no understand. Okay, let's let the audience make the decision if me calling this out as being a weak point in this film. This is, it's just, I guess what I'm saying is there's so many weak points. Evidently weak point. No, there isn't. Let's fucking move on. You've literally not explained to me why it is. Okay, tell me why also this movie is a terrible movie. Steve, yes, I look at, t- t- yes, there's there's tons of reasons why this shit no, doesn't no, add up. No, no, it actually wasn't a bad movie. That's what I'm saying. No, it's, it's like, fantastic. Movie. I was simply calling out one <laughs> weak point, and you were like, I know. "No, this is not the weak point of the but movie." You could have told tell a bunch me, other. Tell but you me where like the, the best part we... of the movie. <laughs> no, it's not though. I feel like that's like a very strong weak point. Anywho, yeah. tell me why this is either a good or bad movie. Keep going. Um, I'm yes, listening. That's, no, that's it. That's it. I think it's. I think it's fun. I think it's not too self-serious, but I think there's some real stakes involved. I think there's some good violence. I think there's some intriguing characters. Um, I'm not super big fan of May, the the performance, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was one performance that I thought was like kind of weak, it would probably be May because they make her out to be m- more of like this like um like not ineffectual but a vampire who has been a she's clearly the baby of the group right mm-hmm. it, it's kind of established that she's been there the least amount of time so she's the least mature from a vampire perspective but she should she's she's wily and tactful and knows how to 
pull people into you, her web. Do you think it's like just because of her character, or do you think it's just the actor actor that was playing her? Because I think it's more of the actor. Um, I agree. And yeah. I think it's more of the actor. I think because I liked her idea, I, the idea of her in general, it makes sense. And I, I yes, think she the pretty, the pretty young girl who's playing playing vulnerable and all that stuff. I just wish I would have saw that more. And then when it comes to the actual interactions with her, she almost validates that that is actually what she's like, mm. which it's fine. They're, they're, they're portraying vampires as these very, very um, flawed, vulnerable characters, as opposed to a, you know, interview with a vampire type of thing where they're like extremely, worldly and, yeah. and, and operate I, on a different level than the rest of society. I, I think a lot of what falls apart is the fact that there are so many characters and you get, obviously it's in the marketing because Bill Paxton's yeah. so upfront and everything. Bill Paxton delivers such a better performance at what his character is, but his character really doesn't have any fucking, he's a hit. He's a henchman. Yeah. But like yeah. they turn, I, they, he's a mini boss. Yeah. They turn <laughs> the henchman into like the star because mm -hmm. the May's character has such dog shit agency against the vampires. Yeah. Like she, she has all these fun tips and tricks and she's, she would be the guide for Caleb, you know, in, into, you know, accepting his vampirism. But like after she's done kind of guiding him, she doesn't have much else. Now you're, I agree with that. And and I also agree that Bill Paxton and Lance Hendrickson's characters could have been the same character. Mm -hmm. And sure. probably should have been the same probably. character. I also think uh, she falls apart and just want to add is like and not to get I mean, I don't know, I'm assuming we're getting close to the end of this, but like mm -hmm. um is like when she eventually gets the transfusion and becomes human, is like there's that moment where they're just hugging at the end of it and that feels so um like I, I want more out of it that like mm -hmm. I like I, yeah. I don't even know that, exactly that, what I the want out part of, it. of the movie. Yeah. And I I, fr I frankly was blown away that you guys didn't bring that up earlier. And we were <laughs> we were arguing about the fucking best <laughs> emotional part of the movie and not talking about the dog shit ending. Like, no, no, not it dog is dog shit. But it's like, pretty, it's not, it's, it is weak. We're too. there now. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just it's not it's not dog shit, but Your it's shit's like weak. It's not it it, it just it doesn't jive with the rest of the movie where like right. this is a fairly cutthroat movie mm -hmm. like and you expect it to end in a it is a uh 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 what's the word i'm looking for it's a it's a movie that's kind of like bleak yeah and it's it, if you if you compare it to it, you can't help but compare it to lost boys yeah. it's a bleak version of lost boys but then it has this incredibly wrapped up in a nice little bow kind of shallow ending yeah you have to wonder yeah. i wish it was more bleak yeah you have to wonder if that maybe that was like just rewritten maybe there was an yeah. ending that didn't play well because you would think so like i can i can justify the transfusion between like the father and the son mm -hmm. you know that makes sense and maybe there's you can bring some sort of uh coherence to like oh the father's blood you know bringing yeah. the sun back but then why was it yeah. working with may who has no well this is what i would have liked to see and it ends so abruptly literally on a freeze frame halfway through a hug mm -hmm. so my thought was like what if it would have been better if may the, like 
got came back and they're like, oh, you're back. You're good. You're you're. But she you wasn't stand in the sun. But then she fucking died because the blood trans. She got a blood infection mm-hmm. or the blood transfusion didn't take. Or, and then she died. Or, or she like actually wasn't turned. I mean, granted, you, you definitely hear that she was because she's like, I feel so warm, blah, blah, blah. But like, <clears throat> I, I almost wanted it to be like. I wanted her to like bite him again and be like, no, this is not the right path for us. And let's like yeah. fucking go back. I wish know? it would have had a bleaker ending. It would have jived more with the rest of the tone of the film a little bit. But um, anyway, no, they had to do guys. the schmaltzy anti drug PSA. Ending. I know the schmaltziness. <laughs> I, I did not like I do not. The only thing I don't like about this they make, movie. They make I, us all want to go back to drugs. It reminds me of uh, what's the fucking Argentinian film that I watched or that I uh, 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 that we talked about that was really good, the but matinee. then it was a really shitty. With the ghosts? No. With the ghosts? No, no, the one where they were in like a different. Yeah, there was ghosts and they were in like the little neighborhood that was haunted, yeah. but then it had a really shitty ending where the chair flew <laughs> towards the screen. Yeah. The uh, uh, Terrifier. Like it was one of those things where I'm like, God damn, this would be one of my favorite movies Terrified, for this. Oh. I think. Terrifier. 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 Oh, okay. Terrifier is Art is Arthur Clown yeah. or whatever his name is. Yeah. Anyway, um, yes, this movie really the only like fault that I can find with it. I really love this movie. Otherwise, is is the ending. So it is what it is, guys. All right, listen. You guys are ungrateful bastards. You want your you want your self-important art house bullshit. Yes. Steve, tell us what tell us how we're voting. Here. Uh we're gonna vote Brian first, Meg second, and then I'll vote last. Okay. I am going to say uh there I think it's it's difficult because I think Martin is underrated and I think underrated, but not amazing. And I think let the right one in is overrated, but, but still really good. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like one's not getting enough credit, but doesn't deserve all the credit in the world. And Mm. one is getting too much credit, but does deserve a lot of credit. So I I do think I need to go with, uh, uh, let the right one in. I think it's better acted. Um, I think it is minimalistic, but in a more intriguing way. And honestly, the thing that puts it over the edge for me is the strength of the main actor's performance, because both of the kids are so good. And I really like the premise for Martin. And I think it's well directed and the story's well told. But I really kind of don't like the main guy that much. Yeah. I don't I don't like his performance very much. So that's what's going to put it over the top for me. Okie dokie. Okay. Meg. All right. Um. <laughs> fart noises mm. is not a vote. <laughs> nope. Fart noises are not a vote. Um. Unless you want to forfeit and then I win. <laughs> <laughs> no. So clearly I obviously chose my movie as being the best. Um, but if I'm choosing between the two, um, I felt like Let the Right One In had a lot more like traditional tropes to the vampire um, like genre. And if we're going with non-traditional things as much as like I felt like um, Near Dark was like weaker in certain aspects i still felt like it was stronger when it came to non-traditional vampires and 
Bill Paxton, I think what like it was a more fun movie for me that I would probably rewatch. So I guess I'll go with Near Dark as like my number two. Can you can you elaborate a little bit more on traditional versus non-traditional? Because they both can't go out in the sun. They both have to drink blood. Steve's seeing how this is <laughs> no, about no, to play I think, out. I, no, He's no, I think like I felt like I so I felt like let the right one in like stuck to a lot of like very traditional things and and it wasn't have it didn't have to do with like necessarily like oh traditional like in that Victorian sense it had to do with that like it was it was what I expected and I felt like Near Dark was just more fun in the idea of like what you could do with a vampire film and like how chaotic that uh like non-traditional vampire films could take the genre and that's why i would choose that one a little bit more over let the right one because they had a gunfight and a truck explode <laughs> Ooh, truck explode or saurus no no i mean but, no, and i think it's just like the whole the, the familial idea and like and, and even the bar scene might have been one of the turning points for me when it came to that being like it, again it just was more fun in this non-traditional traditional sense that like both had the similar tropes of like what vampires are, but it more so was like let the right one in was what I expected it to be. And near dark was like, let's like, let's get weird and a little bit chaotic with it. And that's what I I think expect a little bit more out of like non-traditional vampire films. Okay. Um, so for myself, uh, I don't have two great ones to pick from. (laughs) (laughs) I like, I like Martin as a character study and it makes a lot of sense in that sense. And if we're going to do a character study, then we stick with a character. My problem with near dark is that it feels, it feels muddy in a lot of ways and you can't have, third build or you can't have the third in line character and then the fourth in line characters be the stars when you're supposed to be focusing on the cowboy boy <laughs> and then like mm. he's still this he's, he's still, still the he's still point. a star but he's he's flat most of the time and he doesn't really actually have a character like he's just uh, you can you can argue that he's supposed to be like an everyman that any teenager can imprint on yeah exactly you can argue that but that's a that's a shitty weak character because like there's not he's he's not interesting like i don't find my no he's he's not the world is interesting yeah like i didn't find him interesting i don't find her interesting like she she serves her purpose as a guide but then after that it's and you just have there's too many characters and there's also if it was more like the devil's rejects where you were constantly seeing the cops and the father in you know, a, a pursuant fashion, mm-hmm. I think that would make it more, I think it would make it more interesting and give you more of a ticking clock right now. The only real ticking clock in the script for near dark is just the fact that they have to feed, you know, and, and that's just kind of a constant with all vampire films mm-hmm. though. So yeah. yeah um, mm-hmm. I'm actually going to go with Martin because I, I, there's fun things in near dark, but it feels like it feels incomplete and unfocused. You're going to sit here. You're going to look me in the face. Yeah, I am. <laughs> there's right. so, there's so many better Bill Paxton and Lance Hendricks. Films. <laughs> All right. All right. So what you're saying is 
I don't even. This is going to the listener. It's going to the listener. <laughs> it's All going right. to the listener. And you know that makes me win, right? It might. I don't know. It might. It yeah. might. It might. Um, all right, that's I'm gonna fine. I'm that's gonna fine. I'm gonna start canvassing hot topics, and I guarantee if I get the hot topic crowd, it's my. I'm gonna go for the Pittsburgh crowd. All Come right. on, guys. That's the other all thing right. we have well, a lot of Pittsburgh listeners. They might just go. The first, they just might do homerisms. This is the believe it or not the first time that this has happened where we are at a. Uh, a proverbial Mexican standoff where what we're going to need to do is take it to the social media. So we have a three-way tie, guys. So you, the listener, gets to decide what is the best non-traditional vampire flick. Near Dark, Martin, or Let the Right Wood In. So... We will determine, and I will be watching those foots like a fucking hawk. Let's go, Ready babies. to take that Homer's belt. Homer's where I'm at. The second the Instagram poll, uh, uh, you know, times out, Meg, expect just a horse kick on your door. Wait <laughs> why, why are you coming at me? for me to Why are you give, not going after Steve? Because I want that little tiny belt. You're so mad. You're so mad at me. You're the one who got the little tiny belt. You're the one holding the belt. That's why your <laughs> door's getting saying. kicked in. I, I want the little <laughs> tiny belt. Um, all right. So this will be a first. This, this, will, this will be a, a first for the Halloween is Forever crew. The listeners are going to determine who the champ is and also um, who is going to, uh, uh, you know, be able to pick that um, that punishment film, which this was a hard fought battle. So I, I'm starting to think that maybe whoever gets to choose that punishment film is going to be out for blood. And it should be. I've had it a couple. I've already promised Life Force. Couple, I've had a couple. Oh, you have <laughs> promised promise Life, Life Force. Vote for All me right. for Life Force. <laughs> <laughs> so now Steve's right. like on a, a separate, a completely separate. It's a bonus. Like, it's hey, a bonus vote. reason. It, he's basically the guy who's running for class president that says everyone gets Twinkies if I win. Yeah, except for I'll deliver. We'll right just now. watch Life yeah. Force. It's on Tubi. It's very easy to yeah. promise to deliver on. Campaign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, this is a good one. So, all right, you sons of bitches. Um, Meg's got to get up in three hours, so let's wrap Fuck. this son of a bitch <laughs> up, guys. If you haven't already, check us out on the social medias because you got to help us vote to uh, to figure this fucking thing out because, guys, uh, a lot's riding on this. All types of little plastic belts are riding on this. So, <laughs> um, All right. Uh, that said, uh, tune in next time to hear who wins. Uh, so this is a real to be continued situation. To be. Uh, to oh, God. <laughs> That's a fucking t-shirt. To be continued. Guys, tune in next time. Continued to, on the back. To be continued for next time to see who wins and also figure out what that fucking... Uh, oh my god! Punishment three hours, three and, a, be. three and a half hours to not have a winner. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to disappoint. This is a good. This is a good argument, though. This yeah. is good. This is good. All right, so I am gonna go watch Life Force right now, <laughs> um, just to prepare. <laughs> um, all right, guys, uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll hear who won on the next episode. And uh, yeah, for the Halloween is Forever crew, I'm Brian. I'm your future champ, Meg. <laughs> I am still champ forever and always, <laughs> Steve. Near dark, guys, near dark. Vote for it. It's All right, Vote bye. the right one in. Bye. 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 Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>